cats and kittens. Fuck you. <laughs> as soon as you, I knew you were going to do it and give it to me. <laughs> hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Welcome to the second part of our giant extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, you're really setting us up for being real cool with that cool cats and kittens and giant extravaganza. I really want to wear a flower crown and leopard print. <laughs> oh my god. That would be a good Halloween costume this year. Oh, Carol Baskin? Who can I be for Halloween from that show? Just one of the tigers. Amy, I want you to be the Tiger King, and just with your massive size. <laughs> He's a very small-looking guy. He's a and tiny you're six man. Four. And he has got... <laughs> I, will, I have I have the sanity of how strong that eyelid or eyebrow ring is pierced to his chin, or his eyebrow, because that thing is clinging to life. Oh. As am I. I feel like... Tiger, the Tiger King, King it. kind of saved quarantine. It kept us all from really it gave us something to talk the initial about. shock of being a stay-at-home order. Yeah, it did, but it also wasn't enough content to like, because I binged it in a day. Oh, yeah. And too. it gave about two weeks of content to talk about. But then, hey, what happened to the... So, one, there's another podcast that goes over, like, other shit that happened. Oh, and I think I've heard... I've, Heard sort of about it. Like yeah. he was there around the same time and ended up talking to the first producer whose stuff was set on fire. Oh yeah, by guy. probably the Tiger King himself because he looks like a arsonist. <laughs> so um, today we're going to be talking more about giants. More and by giants. today I mean the same time we just sat down and took a break. You guys don't care. You don't know. I mean, you might know depending on how passionate we are as these episodes progress. God damn, that's my finger. Producer, you are being banned from... Duke, he's just going to come after my gosh dang feet. Make your spine. And I'm going to put him back over there again. Spawn. Come here, Cooper. Cooper. I believe that you birthed this. <laughs> Dawson's? <laughs> I birthed Dawson. Out of what? My asshole? Yes. And then you nursed probably from the, the teat. His... <laughs> <laughs> this little fucker. So, story time real quick before we get started. Um, I like to sleep on my couch when he's wild and he wakes me up early. And it's a miracle I don't have a pierced nipple right now. Because <laughs> this son of a bitch has gone for my nipple in my sleep. But I'm not paying attention because he sneaks up on you and goes, nah, 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 and just tries to bite a hole through it. No, and man. We couldn't be friends. I know it's your thing. <laughs> I know it's your kink, but... You little crotch goblin. <laughs> so... Cooper's nickname is Cooper the Cooter Hooper because as soon as you set him down and he's near your crotch, oh, he's taking a sniff. He's digging in there. He's digging. He's looking for treasure. He's biting. Not your crotch, just me right now. Hopefully he's not biting your crotch. I mean, he bit my, my thigh. <laughs> he bit a gentle bite of the inner uh, thigh. No, it was not gentle at all. It was quite forceful and I didn't appreciate it. Our producer, oh, he's like the Henry Weinstein. Oh, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Sorry, Cooper Weinstein. Keep it to yourself. Stop it, Cooper. Don't be that dog. <laughs> Consent is key. Also, we gotta take that out. Just let me know. All this has to be Oh, come on. We don't want to talk about non consensual. We don't want to talk about rape? No. No. Not that kind of podcast. <laughs> nope. No, we're not. All right. First up, after, uh, we're going still in order of the Monster Manual. Starting on page 150. Actually, no. 151. Starting with the Frost Giant today. They are giant reavers from the freezing lands beyond civilization. Frost giants are fierce, hardy warriors that survive on the spoils of their raids and pillaging. They respect only brute strength and skill in battle, demonstrating both with their scars and the grisly trophies they take from their enemies. 
Frost giants are creatures of ice and snow. Their hair and beards are pale white or light blue, matted with frost and clattering with icicles. Their flesh is as blue as glacial ice. Frost giants dwell in high peaks and glacial rifts where the sun hides its golden head by winter. Crops don't grow in their frozen homelands, and they keep little livestock beyond what they capture in their raids against civilized lands. They hunt in the wild game of the tundra and mountains, but don't cook it, since meat um, since meat from a fresh kill tastes sufficiently hot to their palate. <laughs> oh, because it's warm. Because it's, it's hot. Because um, it was alive recently. That's creepy. Mm. <laughs> 98.6. Mm. That's humans, don't I? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they could be human. Animals are. That's true. Uh, Cooper, what's your current body temperature? Get the probe? <laughs> oh, no. We're not going to go Cooper. I'm not. <laughs> um, the war horns of the frost giants howl as they march from their ice fortresses and glacial rifts amid the howling blizzard. When that storm clears, villages and uh, steadings lay in ruins. Ravens descended to feed on the corpses of any creatures foolish or unlucky enough to stand in the giant's path. Inns and taverns suffer the brunt of damage. Their cellars gutted and their casks ale and mead gone. Smithies are likewise toppled, their iron and steel claimed. Curiously undisturbed are the houses of moneylenders and wealthy citizens, for the reavers have little use of coins or baubles. Frost giants prize gems and jewelry large enough to be worn and noticed. However, even those treasures are most often saved for trading opportunities with other giants more adept at crafting metal weapons and armor. So a fire giant. So a fire giant, or giving it to a cloud giant. Oh, yeah. Frost giants respect brute strength above all else, and a frost giant's place in the ordering depends on evidence of physical might such as superior musculature... Sorry, that was a hard word. <laughs> Scars from battles of renown or trophies fashioned from the bodies of slain enemies. Tasks such as hunting, child rearing, and crafting are given to giants based on their physical strength and hardiness. So only the most hardy women get to have giant babies. Because <laughs> I bet it's a bitch. Oh, God. When their frost- head alone. Gosh. When frost giants of different clans meet and their status is unclear, they wrestle for dominance. Such meetings might resemble festivals where giants cheer on their champions, making bold boasts and challenges. At other times, the informal ceremony can become a chaotic free-for-all where both clans rush into a melee that fells trees, shatters the ice on frozen lakes, and causes avalanches on the snowy mountainsides. That sounds like a good campaign. I want to see a frost giant yodeling competition. Yodeling. (laughs) Little old lady who's a bitch. (laughs) I can't yodel, sorry. <laughs> the only song I know about yodeling is from The Sound of Music, and I don't really remember. It has goats. There's goats I would love to sit here and say I've seen The Sound of Music. You've never seen The Sound of Music, you uncultured swine. I, How Julie have Andrews the turntables have turned? <laughs> Julie Andrews, forgive me. No, I have How dare you? She's a national treasure. She's a Britain. international treasure. That's true. World She's treasure. She's not from here. She's. We love her. She's, She's a dame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> make war not goods. Though frost giants consider the menial crafting of goods beneath them, carving and leather work are valued skills. They make their clothing from the skins and bones of beasts and carve bone or ivory into jewelry and the handles of weapons and tools. They reuse the weapons and armor of their smaller foes, swinging shields into scale armor and lashing sword blades to wooden hafts to make giant-sized spears. The greatest battle trophies come from conquered dragons, and the greatest... Frost giant jarls wear armor of dragon scales 
or wheeled pigs and maws made of dragon's teeth or claws. That, that just just a necklace of dragon teeth sounds so <laughs> badass. Call me Chad. I'm Chad. <laughs> oh god. Instead of shark teeth, it's dragon's teeth. Uh, all right. I want to see a frost giant snowboard. <laughs> I mean, totally, totally good. I bet Frost Giants shred. <laughs> I would also hate to be around if a Frost Giant is snowboarding. Snowboarding, that's the avalanche cover. Yes. What if that's your av- your episode, your one-off, a Frost Giant snowboarding competition I thought of, has erupted in Colorado. I thought of Frost Giants wrestling, and that's the reason there's been avalanches and snowfall, oh. and the visitors can't. The villagers can't figure out why, and maybe there's like a stalemate, or they're deadlocked, and the party has to go and figure out how to help them out. I don't know. Maybe, and they have to eat a cheat or win. Yeah, they have to or do something. Or try to toss something in somebody else's favor. Or use diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> murder hobos don't Mur- use diplomacy. Murder all of them. <laughs> Good luck with that. These things are tough as fuck. You know, if they did murder a whole city of giants, I'd be impressed. As a DM, I would just be like, you know, I can't even be mad. Just it depends on what level they are. Sometimes they'll be sad. Like a level 20 party just goes, we're basically gods. And we're basically gods, right? Destroys a city of giants. That's sad. Especially the child-rearing Still ones. Still kind of badass, though. Because frost giants, they're huge and neutral evil. They have armor class of 15 from patchwork armor. Uh, they have 138 up to... 204 hit points. You're going to make me look bad when I can't do math like that. Oh, it was 12d12. Oh, so So That's the only reason. We know our times tables. No, my times tables. uh, (laughs) Something stuck from third grade. Basic math. That was not third grade, I hope. (laughs) First grade. Uh, Doing multiplication? No, that's more like second or third. Okay. And like kindergarten, you're learning your numbers. You don't even know you can put them together until first grade. Like what they mix. What? And then they start adding X's and fucking letters. And then they start adding fucking letters. And, and, I don't need to help you find your X. Move on. <laughs> just, just let it go. Uh, they have a strength of 23 with a plus 6, a dex of 9 and a negative 1, con of 21 and a plus 5, intelligence of 9 and a negative 1, wisdom of 10 and a plus 0, and a charisma of 12 and plus with a plus 1. Their saving throws are con with a plus 8, wisdom at a plus 3, and charisma with a plus 4. Okay. Um, <laughs> skills are athletics plus nine and perception plus three. They're immune to cold damage. Their passive perception is 13. They only speak giant. They're a challenge rating of eight at 3,900 XP. Um, they do make the multi attack with two great axe attacks, um, which is a melee weapon attack, a plus nine to hit or reach a 10 feet, which I still don't agree with. Um, and on a hit, it is tw- 25 up to 42. Slashing damage. And then they also throw a rock. <laughs> As you do. Believe it or not. <laughs> what a shocker. They're rockers. Kelsa freeze. <laughs> um, <laughs> a range of 60 to 240 feet. Uh, with one target on a hit, it does 28 up to 46 bludgeoning damage. And their rocks, if I'm not... It, it's like ice. It could be snow, packed snow, or I imagine ice. Like ice. Yeah. I don't know how you get a boulder of ice, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> that is called a glacier. That's not a boulder. That's like a sheet. The boulder! God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever really make another 
uh, Avatar movie and like make it like you know like right. <laughs> They're making a live action one. I really want The Rock to play the boulder. That would be great. I would lose my mind if they got The Rock to play the boulder and Dwayne the Boulder Johnson should be his uh, credit in the end of the episode um, or the episodes because he's in multiple episodes because he's a bounty hunter after a while. That's what season two. Think so. Yeah. When we first find out. So we got to get through season one of Avatar on Netflix, and then season two. You're hearing it now. We want The Rock to play the boulder. I mean, I think it's a missed opportunity if Nickelodeon doesn't do it, or Netflix doesn't do it too. Whoever has it. I don't know who does it. Whatever. Yeah. Well, it's originally done by Nickelodeon. I imagine they would partner with Netflix. Yeah, they own the rights. (laughs) Anywho, um, the weapon that is related to this from again from our listing is the ordinance. Of ordning, which is Reddit from uh, a collection of giant themed magic items, and it's the username. I'm just gonna spell it because I don't know how to say it. Is D A R E G V E D A Dare Gavida, and it was posted a year ago, but it's still pretty, pretty nice. Pretty damn cool. No. <laughs> Frost okay, it's called the Frost Giants Onslaught. Um, for a weapon, any axe, hammer, or sword, it is known as uncommon. Okay, that doesn't seem very exciting. Um, this weapon allows you to act quickly and decisively when a fight breaks out. If this weapon is on your person when you roll initiative, you can draw it immediately without an action and add 1d4 to your initiative roll. Uh, it has the raider's charge. If you are not surprised during the first round of combat, you can use a bonus action on your turn to move up to up to your speed towards an enemy that you can see and make one melee attack against it with this weapon, dealing an additional die of the weapon's normal damage die on a hit. The movement does not count against your normal movement for the turn. It also has reflexive defense. If you are surprised during the first round of combat, you can still take reactions. Nice. It's still very good, but I wonder why this one is uncommon and the others are so... They're lower in the rankings, remember? And they also... Well, yeah, very, very, very true. <laughs> and they're not craftsmen. You get the nice thing. Because remember, the cloud giants force others to make stuff for them. Fire giants are the ones to make them. very, very true. But it just seems like it's better. I feel like it's it's better because they can do all this and there's no uh, waiting until the next dawn. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. I like it, though. It's a nice bonus to initiative. That will help. Indeed. Indubitably. So I'm going to talk about motherfucking hill giants. Hill giants. Hill giants are selfish, dim-witted brutes that hunt, forage, and raid in constant search of food. They blunder through hills and forests, devouring what they can. Bullying smaller creatures and defeating them, their laziness and dullness would long ago have spelled their end if not for their formidable size and strength. Um, Primitive. Hill giants dwell in the hills and mountains, valleys across the world, congregating in steadings built in rough timbers or in clusters of well-defended mud and wattle huts. Their skins are tanned from living spent, lives spent lumbering up and down the hilly slopes and dozing beneath the sun. Their weapons are uprooted trees and rocks pulled from the earth. Uh, the sweat of their bodies adds to the reek of their crude animal skins they wear, poorly stitched together with hair and leather thongs. Picture that. Bigger means better. In a hill giant's world, humanoids and animals are easily prey, and they can be hunted for Im- with impunity. Creatures such as dragons and other giants are tough adversaries. Hill giants equate size with power. Hill giants don't realize they follow an ordning. They know only that other giants are larger and stronger than they are, which means they are to be obeyed. A hill giant's tribe chief is usually the tallest and fattest giant that can still move about. 
imagine you lose your rank as, as chief. Yeah, <laughs> because you're too fat to waddle around. Only on rare occasions does a hill giant for more, with more brains than both use its cunning to gain the favor of giants of higher status, cleverly subverting the social order. You know what's really great? When, one time they get a ruler who's just, he's actually a really small one, but he puts on like stilts and pads his belly. He wears a fat suit. Yeah! <laughs> I want to see a giant in a fat suit. Uh, they are voracious eaters. For nothing else to occupy them, hill giants, uh, with nothing else to occupy them, hill giants eat as often as possible. A hill giant hunts and forages alone and with a dire wolf companion, so as not to have to share with their other tribe members. The giant eats anything that isn't obviously deadly, such as creatures known to be poisonous. Rotten meat is fair game, though, as the decaying plants and even mud. Decaying plants and even mud. They're desperate. Farmers fear and loathe hill giants, where a predator such as an onkeg might burrow through fields and consume a cow or two before being driven off. A hill giant will consume a whole herd of cattle before moving on to sheep, goats, and chickens, then tearing into fruit, vegetables, and grains. If the farm family is at hand, the giant must snack on them, too. Okay. Might snack on them, too, not must. Oh, I, mean, I was like, just must. They, have to. <laughs> <laughs> they are stupid and deadly. The hill giant's ability to digest nearly anything has allowed them to survive for eons as savages eating and breeding in the hills like animals. They have never needed to adapt and change, so their minds and emotions remain simple and undeveloped. With no culture of their own, hill giants ape the traditions. Oh, hill giants ape the traditions of creatures they manage to observe for the time before eating them. They don't think about their own size or strength, however. Tribes of hill giants attempting to imitate tribes of hill giants attempting to imitate elves have been known to topple entire forests by trying to live in trees. <laughs> <laughs> Others attempting to take over humanoid towns or villages get only as far as the doors and windows of the buildings, taking out its walls and roofs as they attempt to enter. Gosh. In conversations, hill giants are blunt and direct, and they have little concept of deception. A hill giant might be fooled into running from another giant if a number of villagers cover themselves in blankets and stand on one another's shoulders holding a giant painted pumpkin head. Reasoning with a hill giant is futile, although clever creatures can sometimes encourage a giant to take action that benefits them. So clearly, I think I want to see a human take over a hill giant as the leader because it's the fattest and most fit because it's filled with pumpkins and um, stuff. That's a plot. The tiny little human head, and then this big, like... Bulky body. I can almost think of, like, a tinkerer doing it. Yeah. He's not even using magic. He's just, like, an engineer, and he made this huge, like, Wizard of Oz Construct type thing. Pay no attention to the giant behind the curtain. Dink, dink, dink. And, like, this big metal body. This is our clanky chief. (laughs) And it's just his little bitty head on top of a big old body. He was cursed by a witch, and, like, that's it. You know he could probably, like... It's like checks. Oh, yeah. I can't even make him believe it. <laughs> they are raging bullies. A hill giant that feels as though it's been deceived, insulted, or made into a fool vents its terrible wrath on anything it encounters. Even after smashing those who offended it to a pulp, the giant rampages until its rage abates. Oh. It notices something more interesting or it grows hungry. If a hill giant proclaims itself king over a territory where other humanoids live, it rules strictly by terror and tyranny. Its decisions shift with its mood, and it forgets the title it bestowed upon itself and might eat its subject on a whim. Oh. And if it forgets the title it bestowed upon itself. So, hill giants, in appearance, they are just big dudes, muscle, large, like, barrel bodies and loincloths with clubs. No weapons, just clubs. They can't craft weapons. They're too dumb. 
Hill Giants are chaotic evil. They have an armor class of 13. They have hit points of 105 and a speed of 40. Their strength is a 21 plus 5. They have a dex of 8 minus 1. They have a con of 19 plus 4. An intelligence of 5 with a negative 3. And a wisdom of 9 with a negative 1. Charisma, they have a 6 and a minus 2. Their skills include perception of a plus 2. Their senses include passive perception of 12. They speak giant. They are CR 5 at 1800 XP. They have multi-attack. The giant makes two great club attacks. Uh, It has a melee weapon attack, likely a great club. It has a plus 8 to hit, a reach of 10 feet, one target, and it hits 18 or 3d8 plus 5 bludgeoning damage for a total of 29 maximum. Lastly, as all giants have, they have a rock. Their ranged weapon attacks is a plus 8 to hit. It's a range of 60 or 240. It does one target. It hits for 21 or 35 bludgeoning damage. They look very dumb. They do. They look like you could easily trick them. Of course they can. They have an intelligence of wisdom and negative modifiers. Yeah. As for their boulder of throwing, um, Hill Giant, it's just a mossy boulder. That's it. Um, just a boulder. On page 153, there is a description of how tall these creatures are. A hill giant clocks in at 16 feet tall. A fire giant, 18 feet tall. A stone giant, 18 feet tall. Frost giant, 21 feet tall. Cloud giant, 24. And lastly, stone, storm, 26. Wow. They're big. And they're pissed, probably. So, for a hill giant's weapon... Um, Hill Giant's Tantrum. Oh my gosh. It's a weapon. It's a club, a great club mace, or warning star, and it is considered uncommon. This gnarled length of wood is barely recognizable as a magic weapon and might be completely overlooked without the lights of the detect magic spell. Created to harness the vicious temper of a hill giant, it can turn frustration in combat into deadly assault. If you make one or more attack with this weapon on your turn and miss with all of them, you can choose to gain advantage on all attacks you make with it until the end of your next turn. During this time, you deal an additional 1d6 damage for the weapon's natural normal type on a successful hit. The benefit can be used twice, after which it does not work until the end of the next day. So if you make... Let's see. Let's gain advantage. If you make one or more attacks with this weapon, so if you just miss on one turn at a low level, maybe when you get this. Oh my god. 1d6 extra damage and you get advantage, your output is going to be high for any of those weapons. Oh, yeah. That's a great item. I like the... The use of the word tantrum is very apropos. For a hill giant and its stupidity. Nope. <laughs> so, as we discussed in our last episode regarding diseases... Diseases. It's time to get into some example diseases. So, there are three provided sample diseases in the DM's guide. Um, they have variations of saving throws, incubation times, symptoms, and other characteristics of the diseases to suit your campaign. Also, this is also on uh, roll 20 if you do not have a DMG. Yep, just there's 5e diseases, and it should pop up pretty quickly. So, um, actually, the first one is probably my favorite. It's called Cackle Fever. Cackle Fever! This disease targets humanoids, although gnomes are strangely immune. Uh, while in the grips of this disease, vi- victims frequently succumb to fits of mad laughter, giving the disease its common name and its more morbid nickname, the Shrieks. Oh. Symptoms manifest 1d4 hours after infection and include fleet fever and disorientation. The infected creature gains one level of exhaustion that can't be removed until the disease is cured. And exhaustion at one level would be disadvantage on attacks and skill checks. 
That's automatically just maybe way saved. too much. That sucks. Well, I mean, you're Well, like, it's just a pain in the ass, like, immediately. Yeah. Any event that causes the infected creature great stress, including entering combat, taking damage, experiencing fear, or having a nightmare, forces the creature to make a DC 13 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 5 or 1d10 psychic damage and becomes incapacitated with mad laughter for one minute. The creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turn, ending the mad laughter in an incapacitated condition on a success. On a success. Uh, so that's one minute of being incapacitated, although you have a chance ten times technically to try and save. I wonder... Okay, so if they failed to save with a one, I would make them fall to the floor with laughter. So they'd be yeah. prone. Yeah. Um, although... Grab my DM screen between those. We'll look at the incapacitated condition. Any humanoid creature that starts its turn within 10 feet of an infected creature in the throes of mad laughter must succeed on a DC 10 constitution saving throw or also become infected with the disease. Once a creature succeeds on the save, it is immune to the mad laughter of that particular infected creature for 24 hours. At the end of each long rest, an infected creature can make a DC 13 constitution saving throw. As a reminder, incapacitated creatures can't take actions or reactions, so they are stuck doing nothing. If you knock them prone, they have, however, advantage on melee attacks at that range. Disadvantage on range attacks. Um, at the end of each long rest, an infected creature can make that constitution saving throw. On a successful save, the DC for the save is reduced by 1d6, and that's how they avoid the attack of mad laughter. Once it drops to zero, after you've reduced it over long rests in a period of time, the creature recovers from this disease. A creature that fails three of these saving throws gains randomly determined forms of indefinite madness as described later. Which would be described in the Monster Manual. We've actually... We've done madness. Um, so. Talked about those last episode, in episode 38. So, get on it if you haven't. So if they fail three of these saving throws, they gain a, gain a randomly determined form of indefinite madness. I think this is a fun thing to kind of spread around. Um, this would be a one it says if anybody is near it so if one of your party members get it and let's say they have a nightmare and you're sleeping in a tent within 10 feet of each other almost all of your party members are going to have to make the save I think it would be something that maybe somebody got it in a mine shaft or something or some weird situation and they came home and started having the issues it would start with their household and well, it doesn't. I guess you'd have to also decide how is it spread and what's its source Yes, because it doesn't give a source in this case. This no. is just an example. Yeah. So you get to determine what it is. And I would say... It. Well, I guess it tells you how to beat it. Maybe it starts with a Tasha's hideous laughter. Gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Let's say... Or you know what? I thought, I thought there'd be a good one if there's like a, a, a comedian bard. Yeah. And maybe it's almost a... A curse for a, a bad flick. show. Oh, God. I was going to say, like, maybe people didn't laugh, and he just, like, went... Almost like a Joker-esque type yeah. bard. Laughing like gas type bard. stuff, yeah. But, um, but it's, um, like, a biological thing. Like, it's a... Neurotoxin type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, he... I would say it is... You'll all... Like, maybe that's his slogan for his entire thing. Like, the party gets to see and go by, and he's like, you're guaranteed to laugh. That's his slogan on his flyer. And he goes town to town spreading this disease until you catch him. And so, like, we could... I would The way I would slowly introduce this, because I'm always plotting, is the party enters a town and sees a flyer of the character who's already left, or he hung it up and didn't do a show there because somebody was on to him. 
and you see, like, you're guaranteed to laugh or whatever. And they go to the next town because it has a listing of where he's going to show, like a concert t-shirt. and uh, <laughs> Like a tour? Yeah, tour dates. And it shows when he'll be in the next town, and it just so happens to align when the party enters. And he's left already. It's just a few days later. And the whole town is racked with this cackling fever disease. And you have to figure out where he's going on his next date, see if the party remembers. Maybe they catch him in the next town trying to stop him. Or maybe some of them go to the show and get infected. <laughs> Fun times. Poor Cooper's like, love me. Sorry, the producer's <laughs> upset. We're not he giving him upset. enough attention. Well, that's a good one to start. I like it because, especially with something like that, it could be any cause. You could put a jinx on a name. You could put... Yeah. Like, if you hear... Maybe the, there's a, a jinx on the bar's name. Anytime yeah. you say it, or if you, you know, it spreads it to somebody else. You could do like a, what is that shitty movie that came out? It was a, um, It Follows. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the very weird PSA type. It was so awkward. What is it? Like I, a be careful who you laugh at? <laughs> I, all, I love horror movies. No, it was like a sex one, wasn't it? It wasn't like an STD. Yeah, it was like an murder. STD for ghosts. <laughs> if you Spoopy. have sex with a person They'll get it instead of you. <laughs> the murderer follows them around. That's not how STDs work. You still have said STD. I mean, it kind of went that way, too. <laughs> yeah. You still got murdered by It Follows. They still got murdered, but you know. Uh, you know. It Follows. It's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baby. One plus one equals three. Oh. That's the pamphlet they gave us in grade school. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Southern education. I, I, my favorite thing I saw was, like, this girl's, like... I want to show everyone the abstinence card I signed in the state of, like, Oregon or Ohio that was like, I swear to not have sex till marriage that also functioned as a coupon for Pizza Hut. <laughs> just, Can you just imagine the cashier? And it expired. The That's the shittiest thing. It shouldn't expire until I get laid. <laughs> I, like, expiration date. That's when you write. It's, all, it's your V card and also your discount card. Like... <laughs> um, excuse me. I know we just had sex, but do you mind signing this abstinence gift card? I just love it. It's expired. If I get ten punches, do I get a pizza for free? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't ten that's thrust cool. for extra crust. If you're a virgin for too long, you don't even get pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's just dried garlic nuts to represent your oh. oh, I'm a horrible person. Yeah. Okay, well, that was fun. Um, so this is the end of part two of, I don't know. Giants. Yeah, We're doing two at a time at this rate. It will take us six episodes. I mean, who cares? What else are we They're doing? 30 minutes. They're short. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, fine. it's, it's fine. We're great. Totally fine. You're okay. <laughs> so, We're doing great. Sweetie. If you enjoyed this, and I don't know, you haven't been listening to us drone on for 38 episodes. Um, <laughs> you can catch us, of course, on your podcatcher of choice at Sweet Tea and D and D, all separate words. Um, what? I sorry, I dissociated for a minute. Okay, you, the look you gave me was like I was wrong. And I, was I like, was just like, wrong. I don't really want to edit these. I'm just going to release them. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but I decided I'll be good. Go ahead and restart the our two outro. minutes I'm of sorry. the dog crying. Please don't do that to our listeners. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, look for us on our social medias. I, I share funny memes. Zach shares all right ones. <laughs> pew, pew. Shots fired. At um, least I put something on there. It was hey, a man, week and a half of dead time. I was having a rough time. COVID really hit me. I, I get that. I went through a depression. That's where the asthma comes from. 
Uh, carry on. <laughs> um, um, you can catch us on our social medias. We got Facebook, we have Instagram, and we have Twitter. Uh, Sweet Tea and D&D, all one word. Um, and we also have a website. It is Sweet Tea and TNT. <laughs> Sweet Tea and TNT. <laughs> We're cutting out the D&D. <laughs> Just dying. All we talk about is try nitro again. It's sweet tea. No, no. This episode we review Arizona sweet tea. Oh god. Also, Adam, I think your last name is Luton Nine or something on Instagram. Adam, who said that that should have to drink in Arizona? Fuck you, first of all. I mean, thanks for listening and giving a shit. But also, how dare you? I'll drink Put that on me, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Adam Luton. Lutton, Lutton, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Um, Tell us in the comments. Yeah, give us a pronunciation key in the comments. Please um, do. Also, you. you drink an Arizona sweet tea. How dare you put that on me? Right, that's so bad. <laughs> and it's got to be one of those green tea ones. Okay. Or worse, gold peaks. Jesus, that's so disgusting. Anyway, Red diamond. That's information. We'll see you for part three. Bye. <laughs> you didn't even tell our website. Well, because it's on sweet tea and dnd you sounded like you said unsweet tea. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Welcome to Unsweet Tea and D&D, where we just bitch <laughs> for 30 whole goddamn minutes. Where the diabetes caught up with us, and we don't like life anymore. Before our feet go numb, that's <laughs> We can't record any more episodes. And we're done. Unsweet Tea and D&D. You don't guys don't care. You're not hitting up our website. Go see us on Hey! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Did he fart?